How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tuesday night, our favorite night of the week. You are here live with us. We're so grateful you guys are spending some time with us tonight on Tuesday night for episode number... 79? Yes, episode number 79 of How About That Cigar Live. Guys, thank you so much for spending the evening with us. If you are live with us on Facebook or YouTube, take just a minute, if you would, please share us out to your favorite Facebook cigar groups. And uh, let's get this show rolling here. As uh, as always, guys, coming to you live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And let's talk about the release of the Acid 20 Bronxzilla, an exclusive to Alliance Cigar Company. In 2019, Drew Estate celebrated an important milestone with the global introduction of the Acid 20th anniversary. And now the Acid 20 Bronxzilla, an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade offering that will be available exclusively through Alliance Cigar Company. Wrapped in a creamy, smooth Connecticut shade cover leaf over Indonesian binder and rich Nicaraguan filler, Bronxzilla is packed with bold flavor and aroma. Each 5x54 Robusto is blinged out in chrome foil and packed in a 20-count box emblazoned with the Acid 20 logo. For more info on all of that, please visit DrewEstate.com and AllianceCigars.com. So, again, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. If you're listening on the audio podcast, take just a minute and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, So, as you can see, Garrett and I are in separate locations. Garrett is not with me in the HBTC studios. Uh, Garrett is uh, in his home. And uh, so, uh, Garrett, the talking about this past week in sports, as we always like to do a little bit. My um, 6-0 Vikings. You're you're, talking about? Yeah, your your 6-0 Vikings. Um, yeah, so both our teams absolutely were gross dumpster fire this week. So my Packers played like a third grade, um, third grade team of, of like, they weren't even playing football. It was like a third grade lacrosse team playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. It was, it was terrible. It was bad. And here's, here's the thing as a, you know, as everybody knows, I'm a hardcore Vikings fan. I was disappointed in the Packers. I wasn't, I was, I was, I don't even know what to say about what the Vikings did, but yeah. I didn't expect that from the Vi- from the Packers. And um, so be better, Green Bay. Yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, fortunately we have, um, we have a bounce back week. We're playing Houston this week who, you know, love them or hate them, they're just not playing all that well this season. Um, although, that's what if, we thought about Atlanta. If, if the Packers play the way that we played um, a couple days ago against Houston, Houston's going to roll all over us, and they should. They deserve to if they're if we're going to keep playing the way we we did a couple days ago. Um, and yeah, the Vikings against Atlanta that was that was rough. I mean, Atlanta's pretty bad. Not only are they bad, they're just in disarray. Yeah, yeah. But, exactly. I mean, looking at the game, listening to the commentators, they did something coaching-wise where they put stuff together. So right. um, I don't think anyone expected to see what we saw from Atlanta on yeah. Sunday, and certainly the Vikings didn't because they couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, so, and also, uh, tonight as we speak, game one of the 2020 world series is on. Um, 
And uh, last week, it was scoreless for the first four innings, but last we saw, uh, Bellinger hit a two-run home run. Uh, so as far as I know, last I checked, L.A.'s up 2 nothing over Tampa Bay in uh, World Series Game 1. Um, I, you know, obviously, Do you have a horse? Do you have a horse okay. in this race? Oh, I, I really don't. I mean, I'd like to see Tampa Bay just, yeah. just because, you know, they're, uh, you know, they've, they've never, they've never won the big dance before. Yep. And, you know, just to see them have that, I think would be pretty cool. Um, but I really don't have a horse in the race. I wanted, like we talked about before we went live, I wanted to see Minnesota cause that's our team, uh, against the Braves just cause there would be some nostalgia attached yeah. to that series. Uh, but Minnesota can't win playoff games and Atlanta came very close. They just couldn't get it done. So, uh, but I think it's going to be a good series. I think the teams are very well matched. Um, and I think it's going to be, uh, some fun to watch this year. Definitely. So guys, let's bring in our special guest of the week. And as always guys, special guests on the show are brought to you by, they are, <laughs> they are brought to you by uh, Corona cigar company. Who's, are uh, they? whose document I seem to have just, uh, just closed here. Uh, here we go. Uh, Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, <laughs> the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please welcome to How About That Cigar Live from La Familia Robina, Spencer Drake. Spencer, what's up? Everything's good, guys. Uh, good pronunciation of Robina. A strong, strong intro. Oh, thanks, man. Well, I, I, that was the one good side because my, my I've been tongue-tied. <laughs> it seems like ever since we went on the air, I, and and I closed I closed one of my ad reads before I even read it. So uh, I think I've got a little bit of uh, I don't have my my comfort touchstone right next to me. I can't like lay hands on Garrett and say comfort me, make it okay. Yeah. That was not creepy and, or weird at all. It wasn't for me. It might have been for you guys. I'm good. I'm good. I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Spencer, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. It's uh, It's been – been uh, you've been one of those guests that I've been uh, grateful to get on and, and hoping to get on for a while. And I uh, I finally reached out, and, and right away, man, you, you replied back and said, yeah, let's do it. So I'm glad we finally got a date on the calendar. For sure, man. I, I'm uh, happy you're having me. Yeah. So uh, tell us where uh, where you're broadcasting from for all our viewers, where you're broadcasting from, and, and what you're smoking along with us tonight. I'm uh, based in Houston, Texas. We uh, manufacture all of our cigars at the La Corona factory in Esteli, uh, but we uh, base our operation here in the States in Houston. I am smoking on – let's see how this works uh, – an illegal uh, Connecticut um, Toro, and uh, it's a cigar I, I smoke a, a fair amount of. 
How about y'all? What y'all? You're not smoking, Garrett, because you're. I'm not. I'm not yet. I, I may end up going out in either the garage or the car. Yeah, we'll see. So I just uh, and I just fired up uh, the illegal. Oh, cool. The original. So um, and um, literally just just got the first puffs out of the way, and uh, my lighter is there. We go. My I just refilled it, so it's a little cold. Um. But, uh, Spencer, one of the things we like to do on the show when we have people on as guests, we want to learn about you and kind of your cigar story. So um, give us, uh, you know, give us an idea kind of your history in the business, you know, your uh, your first time sitting down enjoying a premium cigar, uh, kind of how you landed as, as uh, uh, you know, one of these people in, you know, working full time in the the business of premium hand-rolled cigars? So I, I enjoyed cigars from the time. It was probably early 2000s when I started smoking cigars. I started so, smoking cigars uh, at a much greater clip when I, uh, I, I quit smoking cigarettes and um, just got into it and kind of um, got introduced to cigars by a guy named Charlie Head um, really like premium cigars. I had smoked Macanudos. That was a dick, dick thing to say. I apologize. Um, <laughs> there, there's a, you know, that's one of those entry level cigars for a lot of people. And it was for me and it definitely got me, um, oh, yeah. as, as is probably the first cigar I was smoking multiples of. And, um, I met a guy named Charlie head in Galveston, Texas, and he gave me a Carlos Tarano virtuoso crescendo is a big old cigar. And, it was a really good cigar, and I was smoking Rocky Patel vintage stuff. Um, I think the vintage 1990 back then a lot. Just really kind of getting into cigars. And then uh, Skip Martin was a partner in that store, um, and I you know, got to know him a little bit better over some time. And our palates were real similar, and he was smoking a lot of Camacho at the time. This was, was like 2006 maybe. And uh, Tatawahe stuff, but a lot of macho. And um, I, I really enjoyed that, and I got more and more into it. And that was probably the cigar I, uh, I smoked almost exclusively Camacho for like six months. I bought so much of it from Skip. Skip was a really good salesman. But um, he, he taught me more about cigars. I got to learn just, you know, simple stuff. He'd cut off wrapper leaf. And let us smoke just binder and filler and just see what the transition was once it hit the leaf and how it impacted uh, the blend as a whole. And and that was, you know, kind of an eye opening, neat thing for me and just got me engaged as a consumer to the point where I got a little obsessive about it. I started just diving into cigars and and tobacco and learning everything I could possibly learn about it. And uh, at the time, I was a mortgage broker and um, I was smoking cigars at every close, you know, on the way to every closing, I'd stop by the nearest cigar shop and have a cigar and, and post up and work for a little bit and um, got to know cigar shops around town. And anyway, I, I uh, after the crisis happened the, of 2008, the financial crisis, I was looking for something else to do. And so I, I started doing real estate, residential real estate, and I really didn't enjoy it very much. And I just continued to smoke cigars and be engaged kind of in the cigar world. And um, I decided to open up a shop 
And then instead of opening up a shop, I ended up getting an opportunity. Uh, I saw an opportunity and kind of pounced on it. I came across the San Latano Habano, smoked that, and looked to see where I could find it for the shop I was going to open. And instead mm-hmm. of opening the shop, I ended up contacting Clay Roberts, who at the time was like the VP of AJ Fernandez. He's now with La Polina, or excuse me, with uh, no, La Polina. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and um, he got back in touch with me really quickly and sent somebody from Miami to interview me. And I ended up being a rep for AJ Fernandez. I was the first in-house rep for AJ. I did Texas and it grew to be almost 10 states. And then I was promoted to be their national sales guy. And then I went to go work for this other company and got the opportunity to meet Hirochi Robina. We launched his cigar. And that was a, that was a really, really cool opportunity. I knew a lot about his family from the times I was, you know, kind of obsessive and reading everything I could about cigars and tobacco. So I knew a lot about his grandfather. I knew about him and got the opportunity to meet him and a guy named Omar Gonzalez Alaman, who runs the La Corona factory that does our cigars. And, um, that was, you know, I, I learned a good bit from AJ and it was, it was awesome, but I, I kind of was able to take it to a different level in terms of how engaged I was in the business and, um, getting more on the, you know, just learning more and more and trying to dip my toe in different parts of the industry. And, and I've been able to do that, uh, because of those guys, but we ended up having a falling out kind of all of us with that particular company. And then, uh, I got another opportunity to start uh, Cornelius and Anthony with uh, Courtney Smith. And so I did that for about six months. And then Hirochi kind of came to me and said, hey, let's do something on our own. So I couldn't pass up that opportunity. He called me on a Thursday and said, I need you in Cuba on Sunday. And I was in Cuba on Sunday and we talked talked about it. And we were, we're family. We, we really, we, uh, we know each other's families. We're close to Gonzalez's and, Robinas and my family. So it's, it's been an incredible opportunity, a really fun ride. And I'm, uh, I'm the luckiest guy there is, man. I've met some really, really cool people along the road that have uh, taught me a lot. Yeah. It's, it's such a, the, the whole business is really filled with so many interesting people. And, and I mean, it, it's the, the people, and we've talked about this so much that there's, the, there's something different about the premium cigar industry from from other businesses that that uh, it's so relationship driven and it's so driven just by sort of the culture that surrounds it that isn't necessarily um, I mean there's definitely business aspects to it obviously because it's 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 business but it's it's so much more culture driven and relationship driven than a lot of other things and um, you know like you said getting to to meet and get to know and work alongside some of these people, um, you know, must've been even early on must've been an absolute thrill. And, and, and also in a way kind of drinking from the fire hose, cause there's so much to learn and you're learning massive amounts of information in a short period of time. Yeah. I think I was kind of just lucky that, that I had already dove in so much just in terms of reading and, and watching videos, um, you know, going through, oh, what was his name? Um, um, he had Stogie Fresh. Doc. Doc, yeah. 
Yeah, I used to, he had a great website that yeah. had so much information. And so Skip had gotten me hip to him. Um, so there was a lot of stuff that I already knew. So I was able to take that vast amount of information. And I think, I think retain a fair amount of it really quickly, just because I already had a pretty basic working knowledge of tobacco. My brain just works that way. I think most people's do. Right. So before, um, before it was called La Familia Robina, it was white hat cigars. So give us a little bit of an idea about, you know, so, so Hirochi calls you and says, come down to Cuba and let's start looking into this stuff. So what did those origins, you know, of, of the HR brand and, and the, you know, the company White Hat that then later rebranded, what, what did those origins look like? Uh, so when, when I went down there, uh, we talked about, you know, just the specifics of starting the project and kind of, we, 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 we knew we had um, an incredible inventory of, the original blend of HR, the, the signature is what we call it now. Um, we had, I want to say 250,000 sticks that were made already, uh, that had been made two years before. So we knew we had like something special on our hands. We had smoked that cigar aged and it's, it's such a, it's, it's a cigar that ages so well. Um, and, and so we knew we had a gold mine on our hands and, and, and the branding of HR, I think we were a little naive early on thinking that maybe there'd be some familiarity, more familiarity with the R than there was in terms of, you know, knowing he's Robina. Um, so the white hat thing was Hirochi always wore a white hat and we were yeah. kind of coming out of a relationship with a previous distributor. And we were kind of like the white-hatted cowboys, you know. We were the good guys in the deal. And it was just kind of a a stick-it-to-them sort of thing, too. Um, but that's kind of that's how it started. And then as time went on and, and we started launching cigars, so we did the Blue and the Claro the first year we started. We worked on that blend from the time kind of we got going in January of 2016 to get that ready for the trade show that year both of those cigars and we're really happy with those and wanted to hit a price point that was less than where we were currently. Cause at the time that signature blend was $20 a cigar, uh, 20, 19 to $22 a cigar. And then, um, when we launched those, we launched those between like $7 and 11 bucks and hit a different part of the market. And, um, the cigars were really well received, but I think over the course of time we realized, um, that it takes time to build this. It takes time to get in the right stores and get the right audience on your cigars. And if you just keep kind of plugging away, it's interesting when you see that turn, when all of a sudden something catches on that you've been telling people about for two years and, you know, all of a sudden you get a couple of guys on it in a store and it spreads. And then it's, it's just a, it is a small industry and the social media um, outlets have allowed communication to travel so fast and so far that um, it, if you get a little momentum on a cigar, it's, it, it's, it's fun watching it take off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not and then, out where, where we're at with, with some of the, you know, with the HR Claro right now, our sales on that cigar are, and it's, it's been in the market now for four years or higher than they've ever been. 
And we've, I don't know why. we've actually, I think there's a, um, at least for, for me, I know I have, because we smoke a lot of cigars, you know, those of us in the kind of this, the cigar nerd community, we smoke a lot of cigars and, you know, we get chances to smoke so many different things from different pla- flavor profiles and things like that, that sometimes, um, it's nice to kind of come back to our roots for, I don't know, I can't think of another term for it, but getting back to the classic Connecticut shade flavor profile. And I think a lot of smokers are the same way. Um, and it looks like we're having a little <clears throat> technical thing there, but we'll, uh, we'll get that squared away. No, I don't think so. I don't know what it is. All right. Yeah. We're, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> I'm inside now. I'm gonna get closer here. to the yeah. We get live video footage of the house we're moving out of right now. Oh <laughs> no! I was just I was just saying that uh, I think there's a resurgence uh, of uh, a lot of smokers are going back to those classic flavors of Connecticut Shade, and I'm seeing a lot of a lot of movement from a lot of brands of of their Connecticut um, facings are are moving a lot and. I know I've been smoking a lot more Connecticut shade lately. I think part of it during, during this strange 2020 that we find ourselves in, um, I'm smoking a lot more cigars than I used to. And as part of that, I don't want my palate to constantly be fatigued. So I'm reaching for cigars that maybe don't have as much, uh, pepper and spice, but they have maybe a little bit more nuance and, and, uh, reined in flavors like Connecticut shade typically, you know, that, that you tend to get. And I, I think that's been something a lot of brands have seen is, is an upsurge in their Connecticut shade sales. No, I, I imagine that, that, that does make sense. The more I smoke for sure, the larger percentage of my cigars are Connecticut. If I'm smoking one cigar in a day, um, I am not. So John Lovell asked a good question. So that Claro is not a Connecticut. It's a Habano Claro. It's just a low priming Habano. Um, and, and the attempt with that blend is to be more, I hate using the word and I've said it so many times that I just refuse to give it up. It's like a, a bad ex-girlfriend, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's Cuban-esque. Um, that was kind of the intent with that blend. Hirochi wanted something that kind of represented the cigars of Cuba as much as you can pull off in a, in a Nicaraguan uh, a heavy blend, but um, it's got that same sort of body mm-hmm. and that and that toastiness that you you get sometimes. But it's it's definitely a Nicaraguan cigar. Yeah, um, but it's mm-hmm. one of those surprising cigars for a lot of people. I think somebody from La Cultura posted it today. It was just like if you're you know don't don't always judge a book by its cover, you know, because sometimes a lighter looking cigar like that actually has a bunch of flavor still not heavy in nicotine but just a, a ton of flavor on that cigar yeah that's actually a question that that comes up in my head right now is in the beginning when you were getting to know hirochi and and working with him and uh because obviously these you know these are he's used to you know grew up in a family around surrounded by cuban tobacco and you know uh, uh a household name really in the cuban cigar business uh and and for connoisseurs of cuban cigars around the world but did he how was he in in the beginning and throughout this you know time that you've known him with when it comes to working with tobaccos that are outside of you know the the 
common Cuban wheelhouse. Uh, was that something exciting for him to get to work with these all these different tobaccos, you know, and and work on these blends that are that are really that are really far removed from from Cuban palates? Not not initially, no. He wasn't excited about it. I don't think he really liked much of the Nicaraguan tobacco. Um, okay. Omar, so the way it started is Omar started, so they they got they got seeds from the Robina farm and started growing tobacco in Nicaragua in 2009 and started growing tobacco in Ecuador for wrapper leaf, same year. And then they started this project in 2014. In 2013, I believe, they started... Um, uh, Omar started sending Hirochi cigars on a on a regular basis, and it took him over a year to get the cigar that they settled on, which is the signature, and that was the first one that Hirochi was just you know willing to put his name on. Which, if you understand Cubans in general, but specifically Hirochi, I mean his name means a ton to him. You know, yeah. like his, the legacy is is more important to him than probably anything. Um, he won't leave the island. Like if he had the opportunity to have a house on the beach in Miami and bring his family over, and he he wouldn't leave the island. Yeah. Uh, he he wouldn't he wouldn't leave what you know what he inherited from his grandfather. It it means a ton to him. So the name means a ton. The first cigar was really really important, and um, you know I got the opportunity to smoke it before it was on the market, and I was super excited about it the moment I smoked it. And then, you know, I asked the guy that was running the company, what are we going to sell it for? And he was like 20, 20 plus dollars. I was like, damn, you know, like that's a tough market to try to penetrate just out of nowhere. We had the Robina name, which obviously had significant value and, and you could pull off. We did pretty well with it, but there was just a bunch of things that happened that, you know, we're kind of outside of our control. So we had to kind of rise like a Phoenix and start our own thing. And that's, that's why we did our own thing. Yeah. Came out with subsequent cigars that he was proud of enough to to put his name on. He got more and more, um, versed in Nicaraguan tobacco, Ecuadorian tobacco, Ecuadorian tobacco, um, Peruvian tobacco. We started using more and more stuff, Pennsylvania broadleaf, um, He's, he's, he's learned a bunch about it. He's, he's a tobacco guy though. So it's not, you know, it's like I was saying earlier, if you have a certain frame of reference, certain knowledge base, it's not hard to pick other stuff up. And yeah, when your palate starts changing a little bit, which I think it does, at least for me, it did. When I started smoking more Nicaraguan tobacco, I really haven't left a whole lot, you know, like Mm -hmm. I haven't gone back to where I smoke a bunch of Dominican stuff now. Not that there's not Dominican stuff I really enjoy, but I am primarily a Nicaraguan cigar smoker. And if I got out of this business today and it was just strictly a consumer, I would be primarily a Nicaraguan cigar smoker. Yeah. Cuban, whatever. It doesn't matter. Nicaraguan cigar. That's what my palate's tuned to now. Right. And I think that happens for a lot of us uh, who smoke a lot of cigars is we do kind of, we find our we find our sweet spot, but but we also from time to time, you know, veer out of that sweet spot where we because we still enjoy all kinds of different things. But, you know, you can't always it's just like food. You're not going to you have the foods that you enjoy that you eat more often than any other. But uh, if that's all you ever ate, life would get pretty boring. So 100 percent, 100 percent. There's 
there's a and 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 there's those those kind of iconic cigars from different countries, you know, like Fuente or like uh, La Florida Dominicana, and, yeah, you know, from the Dominican and a number of others, Davidoff, etc. Um, and I like those kind of <clears throat> cigars that there's really not a replacement for. Right. You know, there's no, there's not something that reminds me of La Florida Dominicana. There's I, I can smoke any of their cigars. You know, especially the like double Lajero heavy stuff. Yeah, there's nothing else out there that reminds me of it. You know, and yeah. I love that kind of being. You know, having something that's your own, something that's different. We've tried to accomplish that, but at the same time, <laughs> kind of, I, I think it's it's uh, impossible to avoid um, having other cigars influence you when you're in the process of blending, especially as like a cigar nerd. For me, I I, I know for sure that there's been cigars that have influenced the way I, I like to blend stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. So, so then kind of progressing forward in the story, then the, you know, the, the day comes that you, the announcement comes out that the, the company's going to rebrand to uh, actually full on La Familia Robina. There's, you know, the and, and, and move away from the, the white hat moniker. So, um, what were the initial reactions that you got from consumers and retailers, uh, to that? And did it, did it, did it get you the, the uh, outcome you were hoping for through that rebranding? I, we haven't, um, completed that rebranding. We started it. Okay. We haven't completely done. We're not finished with it. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know if I, I'd say it's, it's had any sort of significant impact one way or the other. Um, maybe a little bit positive just because the rain, name recognition is a little better with the Robina moniker. I think maybe on some of the private label stuff that we've been doing, the uh, the kind of exclusives that we started with uh, Mitchell Fox at Fox Cigar. Um, we did two for him. We did one for Borshowitz at uh, Corona. Uh, the Lancero that that signature Lancero is fire and it's exclusively available there. Um, and then we did one with Prime, um, which is now um, what's it? Empire, Empire oh, yeah. Social, and in, uh, in Brickell. Yeah. We did we did one with them, and we're doing one with Renegade Cigars. We just did one with La Cultura, but all of those are branded as La Familia Robina on the band. And okay. uh, I think that's where we've probably seen the most effect of the rebranding is just in the fact that people walking through a humidor are, are recognizing that name. And we've got to brand that more and brand that better. We were in a precarious position when we started, and we really were trying to not step on the toes of Habanos. We weren't trying to use the Robina name too much. Uh, Hirochi lives there, and he's already really not their favorite person or he, he's not, you know, he, he doesn't get invited to the Habanos festival, you know, the, the Hirochi Robina, which crazy. is just insane. I mean, that's it's crazy. That's he, he has to get a friend insane. to buy him a ticket. Um, so we, we didn't want to make things any harder on Hirochi than they already kind of are just living in that environment down there. So, yeah. uh, and then as time went on, we just got, more and more bold and just decided to do it and he's got the yeah. right to use his name here so um long term i think it's a it's a grand slam i mean this is a 
this story's got to get told. It's got to get told more. I mean, the Prince of Smoke movie kind of helped uh, a, a good bit with the guy, uh, the guys from um, Chef's Table. Um, Matthew Gelb um, directed it, and his brother, I think uh, David, who does Chef's Table, um, produced it. And um, it's just a cool, cool twenty-four minute film. It's on yeah. Amazon Prime. You can watch it if you got a membership for free. Um, but really cool film about a, a neat family guy. Hirochi's just salt of the earth. You got no idea um, what a good duty is. And if you ever yeah. get the opportunity to travel down there, which now is really difficult. Um, it really is, yeah. Um, if you get the opportunity to ever travel down there, any of your your, your uh, viewers um, take that opportunity and get down there. It's 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 if you're into tobacco, which if you're watching a podcast about cigars, you're probably into tobacco. Yeah. Um, there's no, it's like the Mecca, man. That's the Robina farm. 1845, they started growing tobacco on that farm, and it hasn't left the hands of the Robinas. It was never taken by the government. They own the property. I mean, Alejandro was such a pimp, he was able to convince Fidel Castro not to take his land. Yeah. Which is, which is, I mean, he's the only one that I know of. He's it. Yeah. He's the only tobacco. That's the only privately owned tobacco farm on the island. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy. The, the uh, actually there's a, there's a good uh, viewer comment up here. John says, my conception is that Dominican is more lighter than Nicaraguan. True. Uh, I would say yes. What are uh, in general? I mean, overall, I'd say if you look at all the Dominican tobaccos, in general, blends are going to be lighter, but there's still plenty of strong tobaccos being grown in, in Dominican Republic. So, yeah, what are, you, I, what are I, your thoughts on that, John or Spencer? I, I think that um, it, uh, the the nicotine content doesn't. You know, that's going to be the same pretty much regardless of where the tobacco is grown. It's just there's a particular flavor that comes out of Nicaragua that's really bold in yeah. the heavier in the heavier tobacco. Um, so I, and it's just a signature kind of bold flavor that you can't get anywhere else. And I think most of us kind of equate that to strong flavor. Um, but like I said before, that La Flor Dominicana stuff, you know, I don't I don't know what's done differently with that tobacco to create what they create, or if they're just able to blend really well with heavy Lajeros or um, but the cigars are, that's a pretty damn strong cigar. And I'd, I'd put that up against a lot of Nicaraguan cigars, a whole lot of Nicaraguan right. cigars. Yeah. But yes, there is, I think that it's easier to make a good Connecticut in the Dominican than it is in Nicaragua. Uh, the tobaccos just uh, yield themselves to, to be, uh, really good and you know in, in in the lower primings yeah real smooth and nicaraguan tobacco i think historically has had a hard time breaking you know connecticut's from nicaragua breaking into kind of the mainstream connecticut smoker and i think it never maybe it never did it, it, it's it's that uh people that wouldn't connecticut smokers maybe are smoking connecticut's now because a guy like me, I wouldn't smoke. I would never go back to smoking a really light Dominican cigar. Just never. 
but I'll, I'll smoke a Nicaraguan Connecticut or I'll smoke some other, you know, Dominicans or whatever, but it's never going to be a really light cigar again. I don't think I just don't ever crave them. I like flavor. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, 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 it's a pretty fair assessment though, that most cigars out of Nicaragua are stronger cigars and definitely the lion's share of cigars that come out of Dominican are going to be lighter cigars. Yeah. So the, for the, the main lines, you know, like the signature and the blue and the Claro, but then there's also, you know, this illegal that I'm smoking right now that I have to tell you, I'm enjoying the hell out of right now, Thanks, by the way. Man. So what was the, you know, what was the idea behind, cause this is a little bit outside of, you know, the, uh, the previous look and feel and that kind of thing. So what was the, the idea behind, uh, kind of, going in a different direction with with this particular facing well i i you know i was i inherited the hr thing um that was already designed everything by the time i was in, involved with it so you know i changed some colors and added some colors with the blue and the claro and you know uh but i wanted to do something kind of on my own i wanted to to make a, a line of cigars that had my my stamp on it and something that that I really liked and that I you know was involved in from start to finish on on every level of it. So it was it was kind of my to my taste and uh, I thought just with what we're doing in Cuba and uh, kind of having the only real um, anchor in Cuba of any brand that's uh, you know that's out there now. Um, I just thought. Illegal was kind of kind of funny, you know. Everybody's always asking, you, you know, the Cuban in those blends. Like, no, there's not a Cuban in those blends. So, it was kind of poking at that. And I liked the design that we came up with. Uh, Scott Sinclair yeah. of SS Graphics did the design, and it just turned out turned out really cool. And the cigars, the blends came together in a really kind of interesting way. Me and Omar had worked on the Connecticut. Um, Omar just killed that blend pretty early on. We were really, really happy with it. Habano, we were real close to nailing it down. And the the San Andres, that Maduro you're smoking, Matt, that's that's the cigar we had the most trouble with. And so we we brought in Esteban Visla, who had let us borrow some tobacco to work on that blend. Um, and uh, he came in and he, he added a thing here and a thing there. And then uh, Omar's right-hand man, a guy, uh, a guy named Jackson, he and Esteban kind of worked on it for a little bit, and it came out incredible. It was a – I really, really enjoy that cigar. But that San Andreas was the hardest thing I had ever worked with to the point where I had to bring in somebody that knew what the fuck they were doing. Um, uh, I mean, Esteban has definitely got that kind of a – he's that's his wheelhouse – yeah, yeah, and it was a different thing for us. It was definitely a, a different blend than anything we had done before. Definitely different than anything I'd been involved in. Um, but that blend turned out really good. We came up, we were real happy with that. And then I had uh, there's a, a guy named Adrian Acosta, who's uh, the cigar culture is what he goes by, I think, on Instagram. But he's a rep uh, as well, and he reps my cigars in uh, in Florida and then up in the Northeast, like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Eastern PA and a really good rep. And, uh, but he knows tobacco. His dad is uh, Manuel Peralta, um, who was the 
head agronomist for Davidoff and, you know, is known as like the tobacco whisperer. He's a, he's another gifted guy that I haven't had the opportunity to learn from him directly, but working with Adrian, uh, he's a tobacco nerd kind of like I am. So, uh, when I go down, I ask him sometimes, Hey, you want me to put something together for you? And so he'll come up with a blend and he had a specific blend he wanted. <clears throat> and I, we smoked that cigar, really, really enjoyed it. And so we scrapped the Habano. We had, had slated to be the the illegal and stole stole his blend well i like the it's it's really full-bodied it's not overwhelming in strength it's really full-bodied there's there's an absolute shit ton of flavor and and it's 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 really accessible the retrohale is killer um i mean in a good way it's i'm i'm enjoying it a lot now, Spencer, tell us a little bit about. So, what, what the... cigars have you smoked of ours? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask, what um, can you tell us a little bit about the the artwork? Artwork, and do you do your own boxes, or do you have somebody do your boxes? No, we have a guy that does our boxes for us, but we designed all of the boxes ourselves. Uh, just kind of going with that old whiskey box kind of uh, uh, theme. Um, and then um, uh, the design on the band, uh, Scott Sinclair from SS Graphics and I just kind of sat down and went over that over and over again until we nailed it down. Um, and it was, you know, it's one of those things that he as a graphic designer can see when it's, you know, on paper or on, on a computer screen. Uh, I was really blown away when they came off the printer and I was able to see them up close. I just, uh, Sancho, uh, from cigar rings, uh, down in Nicaragua does the, uh, does the bands for us. They just do a killer job. It's just got good texture and and it pops in the light. You want a cigar to be able to be seen when somebody's walking through the humidor. So it's neat to have something that's a little bit different than most things out there. And, um, and then I think the, the bands again pop and looks good on the shelves. Um, so Spencer, to go back to your question, I, I've been fortunate, you know, in the, in the years past when I was with blind man's puff uh, to, uh, um, to even review some of some of your cigars. And then I, so I've smoked, um, this is my first time smoking the, the illegal, but I've, I've smoked, pretty much all the core stuff i've i've really enjoyed the signature the claro i absolutely love um i like the blue a lot um so the yeah but the claro is is a cigar i enjoy tons um yeah that's 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 probably my that's the one i smoke the most out of the hr line is the claro 109 or the rothschild the two smaller formatted ones yeah the uh and and then one time i got uh there was a there was an event somewhere. Um, uh, where was I? I want to say I was in Tennessee visiting friends. Uh, and there was a, I want to say there was an event, but somehow or another, I got my hands on one of the, uh, in the coffins, one of the A. Uh, the A's, yeah. And that was, I mean, it was, it took forever to smoke, but it was so, so great. Yeah. That's a, a full football game smoke. That's like a three hour cigar, yeah. but it, it's yeah. uh, it's one that it, it doesn't bore me. It transitions so much, and and that that blend just kind of 
it, it's a regardless of format. I like every single format in that cigar that we've made. Um, the Lancero that that Corona has is really good. The Corona, I, but I, I typically smoke smaller cigars, so I always am, am a little bit biased in that way. Yeah, well, and Garrett is well known on this show as a Lancero whore. Uh, oh. and I, I'm the Corona Gorda guy. I'm the four, I'm the five and five eighths by forty six guy. Those are both really good, though. That's so. two of my favorite. Two of my favorite uh, Vitolas for sure. Yeah. Um. So you know, this year, one of the we have loved talking to people about this this year. Although you know, 2020 has definitely had its ups and downs, but it's been interesting to learn from all our different guests how you've dealt with 2020 from a just from purely a business perspective you know what have you done outside the box to really stay connected with your retailers and with your consumers um this year since we we really haven't been able to do the you know the in-store events or trade shows that kind of thing so what have you done to stay in contact and, and really connected with people it's mainly been on the phone i mean zoom calls with some of the weird ones but um, but yeah, you know, mainly just talking on the phone more, engaging on social media. We've had, um, had a lot of interest in our cigars via, via Facebook, really, you know, a lot of messages from retailers, um, wanting to carry the cigars, wanting to know more about them. And it's, it's funny. It's like when, uh, you know, when you, you're in a cigar shop and you, it's been there for 20 years and somebody walks in and goes, how long y'all been here? You're like, been here 20 years. Huh? I live right around the corner. I've lived here forever. <laughs> you know, yeah. doesn't know about the place, but, um, so we've got people reaching out to us that are unfamiliar with our cigars and, and, uh, heard things. And so it's been, uh, there's been a lot more for me, uh, phone time and, and kind of interacting with people via social media on direct messages and stuff like that. We've opened up a lot of accounts this summer. Um, and, and, like you said, I think more people were smoking more cigars and uh, some shops that were impacted by the closures and everything um, weren't, weren't ordering obviously, but a lot of the online channels and some of the, you know, brick and mortar retailers that have a good presence online um, seem to be having an uptick in sales um, because of, you know, the, the, the fact that a lot of guys are stuck at home and, Maybe they smoke three cigars a week normally and we're buying them from their B&M. Now they're smoking 10 a week and they're buying them from Famous or Corona or, you know. Yeah. Um, John has uh, John has a question that he beat me to it. I was going to ask it, but uh, do you guys have a retail locator on Facebook or on your website? I don't know if we have a retail locator. I don't really handle the online stuff, but okay. Um, they do I, not. Uh, huh? They do not. I just looked. No, okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. No, uh, we should get one of those. Um, where is John located? Typically, we have somebody send us a message on Facebook asking where they can find our cigars and get their zip code, plug it into the system, and see what uh, what shop's closest to them. But um, depends on the. Uh, we sell to a fair amount. Uh, we sell the uh, Corona. Um, they've got us online. Fox Cigar has us online. Famous, um, Stogie's world, uh, Stogie's uh, world famous cigars or Stogie's world class cigars has us online as well. I just put a link in the chat for for all our viewers. I put a link in the chat 
to uh, the Facebook page for La Familia Robina, uh, so you can send oh, cool. a message directly from there. Uh, John awesome. John says he's in South Carolina, Spencer. Okay, in South Carolina, I'd have to look up and see where it is, but send me a direct message on Facebook, and I'll get back to you tonight on it. Yeah, take me but a second. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's been it's been really cool. Even though 2020 has been just super weird, uh, it has been cool to see. Uh, in a way, in in an interesting kind of way, th- it's been nice to see the the cigar community kind of come together because um, we're so used to going to cigar shops or you know you know somebody's house or whatever and and having a herf or having a get together, uh, but people have really sort of just made their own way in all this and you know having virtual herfs online or uh, having social distancing herfs, whatever the hell that actually means. And, you know, it's been, it's been kind of cool to see people just make the most out of it. And um, I, I don't think it as a whole, I don't think the cigar culture has suffered at all because of this. If anything, we're maybe a little stronger. It's definitely been different. It's definitely been different, but yeah, I, I, we've all kind of adapted and People are smoking uh, maybe more cigars and interacting more online because we all crave that kind of, you know, social interaction. And cigars, for a lot of us, is is the majority of our social interaction. And, and yeah. when you uh, when you get stuck, kind of isolated, um, you got to find a way to to still, you know, kind of get 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 back to normal a little bit, and you know, see yeah. a friend and smoke a cigar and. I've done it a few times. At first it was a little odd, you know, like, yeah. but, um, but it's, 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 it was, you know, it's been an, been an interesting time, but uh, we've been, we've been really blessed throughout all of it. Nobody I know uh, directly has, you know, gotten really sick or anything throughout the whole time. And business has been surprisingly good. I was really concerned when it first hit, I mean, really concerned. And then surprisingly it was like, man, this crazy but i'm filling less orders but they're bigger orders you know yeah yeah well and i think it's part of it when we've we've heard that from a few different manufacturers uh garrett and i have that Mm -hmm. that it's uh sales are actually you know quarter by quarter the each quarter this year has been a little higher than last year uh because and i think a lot of it goes back to what we've talked about already which is uh, so many John even says in the comments, people are we're working from home. So yep. you know, I can, while I'm throughout my workday, I can actually, you know, uh, enjoy cigars while I do my work. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's not necessarily good for my bank account, but it's, <laughs> it's good for my peace of mind. So that's a, that's a good thing. You're mentally healthier. You are. Yes. Yes. Um, and one of the things, obviously, we talk about, um, there is this, uh, there's this thing in the cigar community, especially the cigar nerds like us who, who always like to smoke everything we can, we can try out there in the cigar world. Um, but you know, are you guys always working on new projects and always working on, you know, um, new blends and new ideas and, and can we, can we expect, um, you know, new things from you guys in the, in the coming months or coming, coming year. Yeah. So the, the, the next thing you'll see from us is a box, box press series in the signature line, some different sizes, um, all box pressed. 
Um, that'll be that'll be the next thing. Um, that blend, if you get an opportunity, get that cigar that La Cultura has, the Toro Prensado. That cigar, that blend in a box press format with a tw- little tweak to the blend uh, with the addition of a Peruvian leaf, uh, that blend is just it's nails in that cigar, man. It's so, so good. It's just a, um, a really approachable cigar. It's, it's, it's so smooth. There's tons of flavor, but it's not, there's no bite to it. And the retro on it's just meaty. It's, it's thick smoke. It's just, it turned out really, really good in that format. And so we started messing with it after that. Um, cause Omar, the, the blender, was so impressed with how it turned out. So we started messing with it since then. He sent me some samples of some other sizes. and It's something I, I want to get down there and play with it, but I haven't been since March um, okay. and don't know, don't know when I'll go down and see okay. how, how things look in the next couple months. Nice. Um, well, that's, uh, it's all good stuff. We're, we're, uh, you know, we're excited for, um, you know, more great stuff coming from you guys. And it's, uh, like I said, the, even going back a few years, the signature is what caught my attention. The Claro is what kept me because uh, as great as the signature is, that Claro is, is just, it it just, it hits me just right. When I thank you very much. Um, and, and I'm loving this, this illegal, um, right now. So I did run through the rest of them, man, run through the rest of them. I'd love to hear y'all's input. I, I left some there for you too, Garrett. So don't let them hoard all of them. I, I put everything, everything's in even numbers, except for maybe the Cuban. Did I only give you one Cuban? I, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, That's funny. I don't even, I, I'll probably have to send another one. <laughs> no, okay. I, uh, he okay. knows, I, he knows I take good care of him. He yeah. does. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's move into this week's next segment. Let's move into our, smokabulary word and as always guys smokabulary is brought to you by aj fernandez born and raised in cuba aj fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in esteli nicaragua the day-to-day operations at tobacalera aj fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of mr fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality the aj fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer whether it's New World, Dios de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So this week's vocabulary word is, is kind of simple, but, you know, it's one of those words that I think sometimes gets misused. Um, and, Spencer, we're going to throw this out to you. Every week we talk about a, a word that's specific to the cigar world, and this week's vocabulary word is Maduro. Mm. and it's uh and you've you've probably experienced this in the past i see as and i'm no expert but but i have seen the word misused from time to time in the <laughs> world yeah um, we, we we misuse it so so we what did. the blue the hr blue is not yeah. a maduro it's an oscuro okay okay so but we call it a maduro because white people don't understand what maduro <laughs> means and I think I think that's part of it is you know just it, it in clear terms it translates to the to ripe, but but I think uh, it does get it, it is sort of interchangeable. I mean there really is no hard and fast like law or rule or anything, but 
but uh, it, it's one of those words that it, it could mean so many different color variations. And you could have a Maduro that actually, like you said, is an Oscuro, or you could have yeah. you could have something marked Oscuro that actually is more of a Maduro. Um, so where does you know wh- where does the word fall for you when it comes to deciding what you're gonna what name you're gonna put on a cigar? Oh, I, Omar tells me if it's Maduro or not. Okay. Like the HR signature, the HR signature Habano 2000 leaf. He called that. That's a Maduro. I mean, and he will tell you that's a Maduro. Well, I would never have called it a Maduro, and we don't really advertise it as a quote unquote Maduro. We, you know, we just call it the signature. But um, he, that's that's Maduro, and I think it, it has to do with the time and fermentation. So okay. something that takes a certain amount of time and fermentation, you know, hence the ripe portion of the word, right, or the, the definition of the word. Um, so if something's been fermenting for, I think, maybe 18 months or something, he considers it Maduro. So we have some of it comes out really, really dark and like an Oscuro color. And I believe Oscuro is just strictly a um, uh, an adjective for dark color. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, something could be Maduro and Oscuro, but it could be Oscuro and not Maduro yeah, as well, which I yeah. believe that's what the HR Blue is. It's an Ecuadorian Habano, and I don't know if uh, how how it's not, not why it's not considered a Maduro. We call it a Maduro, but uh, Omar considers it Oscuro. So I didn't help answer most of that, but... <laughs> I added more questions to everybody. I think at this point they're like, now I'm more confused than I was in the beginning. I feel like we just had a Billy Madison moment (laughs) where the guy is going to come out and say, everyone is now dumber. (laughs) Well, but it is one of those words that that Uh, we hear so much in, in the cigar world. And, um, and then there's also this misnomer that Garrett and I have talked about on the show before, this this thing that unfortunately there's even there's even a lot of uh, uh, employees in brick and mortar cigar shops that will steer if if a customer says says I don't like strong cigars then they'll say well I won't get I won't point you to any Maduros there are a lot yeah. of Maduros out there that are sweet and 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 yeah. and not strong and you know and uh, that's one of the biggest misnomers that I see when it comes to the word Maduro is. Uh, unfortunately, too many people equate Maduro with strong, and it's just not the case. Yep. Yep. Agreed. I'm just glad it's not like the um, the wine industry where – I don't know if you guys saw the story a couple years ago, but this farm in Canada wanted to have their wine um, become a, a, an official wine whatever. Like a trademark name or something of the um, not necessarily trademarked, but um, like their own variety, official something, and um, they had to like go to court to um, to battle this. And the and the issue was they were using tomatoes, and the the rule of this association said that uh, the wine needed to come from a fruit. And so it began this huge debate between tomato was a fruit. Tomato being a fruit. And here's what the court ruled. 
botanically, the tomato is a fruit. Culinarily, it's a vegetable. Thereby, no rule. <laughs> All right, so this is actually, Garrett, this is the spot for that Billy Madison comment. Not after what yeah. I just said, but what after yeah. you just said. Because I feel dumber for having but, heard but, that. Let's, we need to rewind a little bit, though. So somebody was making wine out of tomatoes? That is correct. I mean, that's that's really the big takeaway here. That just ain't right. Huh. Yeah, that doesn't seem doesn't seem like something. I, I mean, I like a michelada, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, but that's like to me making wine from tomatoes it equates to making cigars from maple leaves or oak leaves. It it doesn't. I don't know. They just don't. Maple leaves is better. Well, they. Know, I mean, you, you yeah. can. I mean, they make wine out of strawberries and. Uh, cherry, yeah, and, oh yeah. Um, but tomatoes seems like. See, I mean, the, the other ones seem to make more sense to me yeah. than tomato. Tomato. I feel like, a, yeah. I feel like tomatoes move. is. Uh, you have other fights. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in life, if you're fighting for your tomato wine. Yeah, tomato That's wine true. is a bridge too far. <laughs> I can't. I, yeah, I. Can't. Now, now, damn it! Now that's in my head. And later tonight, I'm gonna go and search for tomato wine and yeah, learn I'm gonna hunt it down about it. I'm yeah. gonna hunt it down, drink it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably the most sales they'll have in years. <laughs> yeah, all right. uh, oh, because of you, here. Unreal. Uh, so that is this week's vocabulary word, brought to you by AJ Fernandez. Uh, so Garrett, are we ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Do do I need to read the copy? I I'm yeah. guessing. Okay, and it's all yeah. good. It's all good. All right. It is now time for Numero de los Muertos. All right. As always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands. They bring you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco, time, and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Black Work Studio, Dissident, and Emilio, Oveja Negra Brands provide smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit OvejaNegraCigars.com to learn more. All right. Take it away, Garrett. All right. So this week's number comes to us. From uh, the United States, but just the continental United States. Um, And I'm not sure why, but the number is 1,800 a year. People die from this. I'm sorry. My dog is being an asshole and he's scratching at the door. It's all right. No, no worries. I just took him out too. So I know he doesn't have to go. (laughs) All right, so 1,800 people a year in the continental United States die from this. Yep. Uh, as always, uh, Spencer, you get to – we're going to play 20 questions with us here, and our our viewers as well. If you have guesses, put them in the comments. 1,800 people in the continental U.S. die from this every year. Yes, sir. Syphilis. Um. So that's so funny. That's two weeks in a row. 
Somebody guessed syphilis. I did syphilis maybe two months ago. Damn. (laughs) You had syphilis two months ago? Yeah. (laughs) I was just going to say, yeah. And it was also a category on the show. He didn't miss the show, though. That's good. Raising. Dedication. Flesh eating bacteria is probably one of my favorite guesses um, that is not correct. Yeah, not flesh eating bacteria. That would be probably lower than 1800. Yeah, especially in the continental U.S. Yeah. All right, 1800 people a year. Um, Uh,. Is it adults or kids or both? Everybody. 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 Is it workplace related? Uh, it is not. Not workplace related. Um, do these deaths take place on or inside a vehicle of some kind? They do. Ooh. I've gotten good at this over 80, almost 80 shows. Mm-hmm. Although I never get the right, it's always one of our viewers, which I'm all for it. Hey, viewers, go ahead and get the. You're asking the good questions, though. I mean, you can't yeah. give them all the credit. It is about asking the good questions. Um, uh, John, it is not bicycle. Uh, um, mm. Is it tanks? Wow. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not ATVs or four-wheelers. No. Uh, heart, not scooters. Heart attack, heart attack while driving? Nope. Uh, not boating. Um, motorcycles? Not motorcycles. Oh, he answered that in a weird way, though. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Something well, near motorcycles. Because <laughs> ah, he was a little shifty on that one. Well, here's so here's the situation. Uh, the statistic may include some who were on motorcycles, but motorcycles really isn't the answer. Not hang gliders. Not getting run over by your own car. <laughs> <laughs> that's also awesome i should look look at that uh unicycle accidents <laughs> i think it's way higher those all take place at the circus yeah um nope, not mopeds um so we are gonna we're gonna do a little uh clue um this rarely ever happens ever near Spencer. Oh, something. Uh, yeah, something in the ice. Oh, I think I know what it is. I'm going to give everybody a little more time, but I think I know what it is. Something in the I ice. Way. No, in fact, uh, Chad, in fact, Spencer does that on the weekend for fun. But I don't see this question. What is Being hit by a motorcycle. (laughs) Uh, Not skiing. Again, we're talking vehicles. 
Snowmobile? Not snowmobiles. Oh, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was snowmobiles. But you, oh, you, you, oh, is it is it uh is it one of the plow snow plows? Ooh. Um it's probably included in this stat. So keep digging. We're we're almost there. Somebody take us home. Chad, come on. You've been doing this a long time too. Is it snowblowers? Mm-mm. No, in a vehicle. In a, uh, so we're on the right track with snow. Yep. Is driving your car on the ice? Yeah. Oh no way! Eighteen hundred was it? Eighteen? Eighteen hundred people. Eighteen hundred people a year die. But uh, can you throw a number out there? Of uh, how many people go to the ER uh, due to snowy and icy conditions? Oh, just from just from like car wrecks on the ice? Yeah. Oh, it's got to be hundreds of thousands a year. Yep. Yep. Three twenty-five. Yeah. So eighteen hundred people a year die from driving on the ice when the ice isn't safe and their car goes through. Right, and so, and I don't know why. So it's through the ice, or or they get in an accident due to the ice. No, 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 no. yeah, no, not not like on a ice lake. Like, oh, I thought uh, you were talking about like, like man, that's a lot of people dying. I thought you were talking uh, ice fishing, like driving on a frozen. Oh no, lake. nope, just yeah. icy roads. I'm surprised that was actually low. higher. Me too. But Me according too. to the DOT, only eighteen hundred fatalities are due to ice and snow on on the road what's interesting is alaska has their own separate statistic that they don't include it's <laughs> almost double that are you serious yeah a lot more ice nice there's ice in a lot a lot longer period of time too right you know wow. right nice well that's a that's a good that, that one stumped us it took a while so yeah. that, uh, that's a good one. So that, guys, is this week's numero, numero. de los muertos. It is so much easier to say that together when you're sitting right next to me. So much. The internet yeah. delay sucks. And I just want to say one <laughs> thing. Uh, Chad, your comment of black ice makes me think of Key and Peel. Do yourself a favor. Later... YouTube, Key and Peel, Black Ice. You're welcome. Nice. I love Key and Peel, so I'll check that out. All right. So, uh, Spencer, here's a little bit of a lightning round, non-cigar related questions. Um, if you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? Oh, Donald Trump. I mean, you got, you got to want to get inside that head and figure out what's going on. Number one answer. Number it's one easy. answer by, yeah. by far, yeah. It's it, because, yeah, you want to know what on earth is going on. Biden um, would be a close second, though. Yeah. Like, you, know, you could take a nap in there. Yeah. Well, I don't think you'd need the, the whole 10 minutes with, with uh, but that's, sorry, that's. <laughs> no, you just, you just want like a, a mobile above you. <laughs> 
it's probably not that far off the same thing uh, for Trump as well. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Spencer, if you were about to get into a fight, what soundtrack music would come on? Um, and it's hard not to go with Eye of the Tiger, but I, I Thunderstruck by ACDC is always a, a big winner. We've had Thunderstruck guest, yeah, for that before. That's a good guess. That's a good one. All right, choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a hockey goal as the goalie. Or you could score a soccer goal as the goalie. No, home home run as a pitcher for sure, 100%. Not even close. Yeah, that's that's always mine too. Um, Garrett, can you check the score for us on uh, the World Series game? I'm curious. Um, oh, there's there's Mortimer, the dog in the background. <laughs> you really right. Oh, eight oh, to what? one. Oh it's wow! Eight, eight to one. Holy Dodgers. cow! Dodgers. Jeez. Yikes. Oh my wow. gosh. That's uh. It's, I'm not surprised. I mean, they just they score, <laughs> there a lot, he is. they score a lot of runs. They score a lot of runs. All right. Oh, I love that dog. Hey, Morty. What's up, buddy? What kind of dog is he? He is a Cavapoo. King Charles Cavalier. Uh-huh. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. He's adorable, but he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't shed, does he? He does not. So that's he has great. hair. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. My wife and one of my kids uh pretty allergic and yeah. they do great with him. Yeah, we got a, a miniature schnauzer. Same reason, just doesn't doesn't shed. It's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So Spencer, what's the what's the number one piece of advice that you find yourself if you ever get an opportunity to talk to somebody who's really new two cigars they're just starting to learn about them and what's the number one piece of advice you like to give them smoke more um you know (laughs) just just smoke more and figure out what it is you like and yeah you know that's the main thing you you keep a diary if you want to if you if you you know want to kind of keep down what it is you're enjoying at different things i I just think it's kind of cool trying to identify what it is you like and uh and kind of taking a tactical approach to figuring that out Absolutely. Um, oh, the best piece of advice that uh, Rocky gave to me in probably 98, 99 sometime was uh, keep a journal of what you smoke and what it yeah. reminded you of. Right. Yeah. I used to do that. I used to have for sure these notebooks that I would, I would tape the bands inside it yep. and write down tasting notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still have them somewhere. I don't have a clue where they're at. I stopped doing that, and now I, I've done it for, for many years. I just do it all on my phone. I take yeah. a picture of the cigar, and then I put put notes in. Um, I kind of miss the old-school way of doing it, but... Um, yeah. Well, it's I good mean, memory. Thinking was... about it and looking at those things is so cool because it's like, you know, your, your, your progression as a smoker is kind of like a, a story because you had different times in your life that different things were going on. And yeah, to me, it's almost as, is as strong for me as music is in terms oh, of yeah. being able to kind of take me back when I start thinking about things or when I smoke a cigar and I'm like, holy shit. It's like when I smoked an Aladino Corojo for the first time. I was like, man, that just reminds me of Camacho. Like, it takes yep. me back to that time when I was, you know, smoking a lot of those cigars. And just mm-hmm. a, it's 
pretty cool how impactful it is. It hits so many senses and so much involved in smoking cigars and people yeah. and just a, so much to it. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And I know you guys deal with it too. Just explaining to somebody that's not in the world, like why we're so passionate about it, why we're so into it. There's just so much to it. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And that's, that's honestly part of why, why HBTC exists in the first place is it's consumer education, but a big piece of it is people who are, who are those on, they're either on the fence cigar consumers or they're, they're cigar consumers who don't really yet know the, 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 the weird and wonderful idiosyncrasies of the cigar culture, you know, and and, uh, part of it comes into play with then the, the people that we know, like you said, Spencer, the people that we know in our families and friends who don't smoke premium cigars and, and really just don't understand why we're so passionate about it, but also to, to help educate them, you know, for us to, to kindly and gently express and get the point across to our non cigar friends and family that, that they're completely different than cigarettes. Yeah. The perception, the perception. And I think, I I think the easiest way to do it is really, is just wine. I mean, I think that's the most um, analogous kind of thing that's so accepted and it's so similar, you know, it's so similar to the the process in which we make cigars and fermentation and a natural product and yeah. the nuances of it and the flavors that come out of it are a lot very similar. Exactly. Um, And people are accepting of that. And I think that's been the easiest way for me to take somebody that's not, that kind of looks at it maybe like cigarettes and, uh, and make them realize it is, it is something very different than that. Very, very different. Yeah. I'm not out smoking a, smoking a cigar, you know, in the, in the cold. And yeah, not just trying to get your nicotine fix for, uh, right for lunch break. Um, so let's talk about our notable smokables, uh, of the week. And so Spence every week, Garrett and I name a cigar that we've smoked during the past week that was interesting to us. Could be brand new to the market. Could have been an old favorite that has been around forever. We just, we name one that, that caught our attention. Um, is there anything you smoked outside of, uh, outside of your brand or, or just anything that was interesting to you that caught your attention this week, Spencer? Uh, a, a Crux Epicure, um, oh. Connecticut. I enjoy that so one. That's a that's a really really good cigar that s- surprises me. I, I but I I smoke I smoke a fair amount of those and smoked uh, smoked two this week. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Garrett? I smoked a um. I was gifted a Don Carlos Shark. Oh yeah, the eye the eye of the eye of the shark. Yeah, great nice. cigar. Great cigar. Great format too. I love that shark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me this week, it was the uh, the HVC hotcakes. Uh, oh, nice, Corona Gorda. Um, I was uh, I went out to visit our friend uh, Joe Guzman, uh, and on the way home, stopped at uh, Tobacco Grove, which is uh, for those of you who aren't local here, it's a great cigar shop out on the west side of Minneapolis. And uh, picked up one of those HVC hotcakes, and I, I've I've pretty much always been pleased with the HVC stuff that I've smoked. Um, very enjoyable yep. cigar, and um, smoked that one just earlier today. Actually, uh, enjoyed it a lot. Um, so, 
Uh, for our viewers and listeners, to give you guys an idea of some great stuff we have coming up in the next couple of weeks, next week on the 27th, we're going to talk to Christopher Moore from Carolina Blue Cigars. And then in the first week of November, on election night, no less, we're going to talk to Ave DeBabna from Smoke In. And uh, we have some more great stuff coming up in the weeks following that as well. Uh, so, Spencer, give our viewers and listeners, where's the best place for them to get the latest and greatest info about uh, you and your brands? LaFamiliaRobina.com and then the uh, our, our Facebook page, uh, LaFamiliaRobina as well. Um, me on Instagram, uh, the Drake is good. That's any, anybody wants to reach out and, and, and hit me. That's an easy way to do it. Uh, Facebook works as well, but, uh, through the La Familia Robina Facebook page, um, those are the easiest ways to get a hold of us. And, and I, I usually can respond within 24 hours. If anybody has a question, interest of any sort, um, uh, happy to engage. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Spencer, thank you so much for giving us your time this evening and uh, teaching us about your brands and uh, giving us some insight into uh, everything that we can we can come to expect when we uh, when we fire up your cigars. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks for the platform and uh, to all your viewers and listeners. Just uh, if you're unfamiliar with the brands, hunt them down and uh, give them a try. We're real proud of what we do and we take no shortcuts. The cigars are. Uh, really good cigars made by people that have been doing this for a really long time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Garrett, closing thoughts? No. <laughs> All right. I'm tired tonight. Yeah. I am not on my game. Yeah, I am... you've, you've had a you've had quite a day. We're I got a day. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, guys, viewers and listeners, as always, if you have any questions, you can email us directly from the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Follow us on all the social medias at HBT Cigar. And until we see you next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thank you. Thanks.